Hey, remember to subscribe and follow my podcast so when I release a new episode, you get a notification. And follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. I am very active on there. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. So I think about how many human beings would have been on the planet over years to come, right? And I think, well, where I live, there's say X amount of graveyards and each graveyard has, say, I don't know, 300 bodies, right? There's 8 billion humans on the planet right now. And there's probably millions and millions and millions of humans in the past. I think to myself, where the hell are all the graveyards and the gravestones for all of these human beings that have been on the planet before us? Like they literally must be underwater, which then says in years to come, where we are now is going to be underwater. And that is a a scary thing because it means that everything that we think is real is just going to disappear underwater. Where do you think all these bodies are? (laughs) The bodies have returned to the earth, my man. They, we all disintegrate into millions of little particles and then reform back into who knows what we're probably made up of uh, little bits of our ancestors in ways that we don't even imagine so it's almost like when a tree breaks down it becomes mud which is like the bark becomes the mud and the mud becomes clay and the clay is just whatever you're saying that over millions of years our bones will do the same thing a tree does so we look at us our great grandma's grave it's just the bone but over many 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 years like when you say cook a chicken stew and you put the bones in it for the juice that breaks down our bones will break down just like uh, logwood which means that our bones are you can't find these bones you know you have the gravestone is made from cement whatever but apart from that the wood would have rotted which would corpse would have been and if they had coffins back then and the bones would have just disintegrated so that makes sense it just means that it's just so long ago that they've just become part of the earth that is a good good answer <laughs> and the the crazy thing is when you think about it, like expanding your vision beyond, beyond, beyond how much time it would take for bones to disintegrate and turn into the like micronutrients that feed the soil, that feed a plant that you end up ingesting that becomes a part of your own protein makeup. That span of time is potentially like the blink of an eye to a divine consciousness, a greater consciousness out there, any type of, you know, what, whatever you want to attach to that universe creator, you know, source. Uh, that that span of time is potentially just like a blink of an eye it's interesting because if you take like a dog bone or a chicken bone for example it seems hard on the outside but when you take away the white outside you've got the bone marrow and that bone marrow you can literally scrape with a spoon and you can pretty much eat it so it's like what you think is hard isn't and Mm. if you think about how when you take a, a twig for example you can easily break that down and then all of a sudden there's nothing so it's so amazing how what we think is a rock or solid literally isn't, uh, you know? Yeah, the everything is constantly changing. Nothing ever holds its form for uh, for eternity, you know? It's just always changing. What, where do you think that people are going to go when water starts to come on land? I don't think it's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long time until it happens. But where you can't just like pick up eight billion humans and houses in their cars and sort of go to the other part of the earth where it's not uh, an ocean yet but realistically if we stay here and then say i don't know in a thousand years time it starts to happen do we just pick up and go or should we start to migrate so we kind of like animals we migrate when the temperature changes we don't suddenly go oh fuck it's really cold now and then suddenly migrate um but because everything's stationary 
Well, I would have to say that uh, intelligent folks are not trying to buy up beachfront property these days. Almost no matter where you are, as long as it's an ocean, it's a volatile uh, you know, uh, water level. So uh, I don't think there's anybody really with like, uh, obviously people are still doing it because it's still desirable property. But then the first thing that happens, tsunami, tidal wave, whatever, you know, uh, flooding happens to their well or, you know, their, their high value property, there it goes immediately. So we're, there are waves of intelligence and, and uh, migratory patterns, you know, that people sort of aligned to nature and see that nature is coming for them and they'll move kind of intelligently out of the way. And then there's unintelligence where people are disconnected from nature. They don't see the inevitable and they uh, reap the consequences and then they try to react uh, as best they can, which would be end up, okay, you know, let's leave from, uh, you know, Malibu or, or LA or Miami or, you know, wherever is, is just based on, uh, you know, waterfront, property and and just pick up and go to kansas or i don't know you know what i mean somewhere just super safe it it, it is going to happen in different ways for different people right when you see that's all it's like bitcoin you don't know when it's going to go up yeah you can really that's do exactly right it and then just hope it might go up if you buy a house in malibu like a two million pound luxurious glass windowed house it's the it's, it's you're thinking of the nice sunny day and having a barbecue outside but you do not know when say there's going to be a tsunami and there ultimately will be a tsunami at some point, not necessarily in Malibu, but that's just how it works. So you totally. don't know when it's going to happen. So why would you want to live that close to a rock? And Joe Rogan put on his Instagram the other day of it was in Norway, um, this house by the ocean. The rock literally drifted apart like two icebergs and you had like these five houses on this little bit of land drifting out and crumbling and then the first thing you said was and that is why you shouldn't live by the earth because you're just when you understand how like countries are made it's just that rock breaking down over time and getting further and further away and yet you're right by the end of the ocean and you've no idea what's happening underneath especially when you've got that water breaking down underneath um it is quite scary, but at the same time, it is fascinating to, it's like, it's like, it's like an adrenaline rush. It's like someone dumping out of a plane. There's always a chance your shoot might not go up, but you love the high. It's like, I love this high of being by the ocean, seeing the sunset, but my house could suddenly float out <laughs> middle of the nighttime and you wake up like middle of the ocean. Yeah. He, he's been talking about that for a minute and uh, you're so right that there's some kind of parallel between the adrenaline rush and what other people would equate as like, no, this is just my peaceful abode. This is where, uh, you know, I find my most peaceful place. It's like, okay, you know, that's, that's fine until it's not fine. So uh, the, the worst is when there's like all this uh, reparation type funding for folks that built houses or, or bought up houses in like really dumb places, like in, you know, uh, certain states and stuff like that, that are just super prone to all of the hurricane and, and all that kind of thing where beachfront property just gets totaled. And I don't know the intricacies of how it works, but, you know, insurance and government funding, there's just so much sort of money that goes fixing up places that really just shouldn't be there in the first place. It doesn't make sense why anybody would one, want to build a house or two live in, for example, the middle of 
North Carolina or wherever it is, where it's just flat land, open space, prone to a storm. It doesn't make sense. Why you'd want to say, you know, put your kids there. You're supposed to protect your kids. And yet you look at the news and look at past patterns and and yet there's storms there. Like, why would you want to live in a place where there's going to be a good chance there's going to be a storm and it's going to wipe out your neighborhood? You're going to lose grandma and all that type of stuff. It doesn't make sense. Again, is it like thinking, oh, it won't be me? Oh, if I buy a house by the ocean, it won't be me. Um, but sadly, it could be you. Do you think it's just people like just thinking they are the lucky ones when it's really them not? <sighs> yeah, there's got to be a little bit of seriously. that. Yeah, I think it's mostly just people following their families. Back in the day, there wasn't social media to say like, hey, look at there's other. <laughs> like they just thought that that's just what the world was probably. You know what I mean? That, oh, this is this is where we are and this is where my dad grew up and this is where his dad grew up and, you know, tornadoes or hurricanes, that's, that's just the way of the world. Right. And they don't understand that they could literally, you know, take a cart out for like a day and get somewhere way safer, way more abundant, but they just don't even know because that's just where they're following the families. But now that it's social media time, it's like, okay, yeah, there's, there's better options for you out there right now. And you can see the research. It's, it's not uh, too hard. Because everything's online, you can see stuff that you wouldn't have been able to see. So, for example, rather than live in, say, a storm-prone place for, say, 70 years and then die from a storm, you can see on social media what happened in another part of the country. And you think, shit, I don't want to be there. But at the same time, because of social media, you see all these problems that really aren't your problem, that now becomes your problem because you're focused on it, which creates problems that didn't exist. So, it literally, it's, it's all 50-50. Mm. Yeah, it's all 50-50 at the end, isn't it? You know how you've got um, dreadlocks, right? I don't yep. believe in like products like soap and shampoo and stuff like that and creams and face wash because it's just all man-made fucking profit bollocks, right? And I think to myself, okay, I had long hair and I had seven colours in my hair and I didn't wash it for like three months and I had this massive knot in the back. I think to myself... Before man had products and hairbrushes and combs and they just lied on the floor, it would have got knotty, right? Yeah. How does... and like I had a massive knot. It wasn't like a thin, nice little dreadlock. It was a massive, like, lump Yeah, of I know knot. those. Yeah, I totally. I think to myself, yeah. how did man and women back in the day... Like, how did their... How was their hair? Like, obviously, it keeps growing from the roots. How does it... Do they just walk around with a fucking big knot in their hair? Like, yeah, I've thought of this too. Sense. And I would say, I think they probably did for sure. You know, at least a lot of them, right? Obviously they had tools to cut with. So I'd imagine they'd try to cut their hair if it became in the way, if there was a reason for them to do it. But if there was no reason to do it and they actually served maybe a little bit of a purpose as like a pillow or something, you know what I mean? Uh, just some extra protection or warmth. Uh, yeah, I imagine that, that that actually happened a lot more than we probably think. So you think that they had actual tools to cut their hair. So most people didn't have long hair because how the fuck do I cut this? They literally cut it. Prior to tools, they wouldn't have been able to cut it for sure. And it would have just grown out. Who, who knows what those types of Neanderthals look like. But as soon as tools came in um, and they saw like a reason to cut their hair, like, you know, once there was a reason to, I'm sure that they would have. I think about like cavemen having like long beards and long hairs i think like that beard unless you cut it like it will just keep growing and like how did you walk with a thing just dangling down your waist how did you eat like how did you kiss your partner it's like you can't imagine what it would have been like with just all this long hair and a long beard 
Or does you know, it like, like think about it like this though, right? Human beings and, and animals and nature in general, we adapt when we start doing things. So we start cutting and then our stuff grows faster. It's same with our nails, right? How would we have cut our nails? I mean, we could have like, you know, all the work and stuff we would have done with rocks and whatever, they still would have been long, but they would have got cut eventually. But like, I think that probably the rate of growth may have increased as things, just like when you cut uh, a fresh lawn, the grass goes back that much faster, right? So it's only actually genetically from the act of cutting it that maybe they didn't, they, their hair sort of like went to a certain state and then it just most of the time, for the most part, stayed there. Some people's hair kind of does that, right? It doesn't grow past a certain length. That is interesting because I didn't cut my hair for six years and I'm pretty sure it stopped growing. Like when it reached my belly button, it didn't keep growing. Obviously, when you brush That's your right. hair and you wash it, hair does snap and come out. But it didn't – it just got a point where it just didn't yep. grow anymore. So yep. maybe um, when your body realizes that you don't need this, it kind of just shuts down the gene inside of it and it – and it stops stops growing. I mean, this is obviously stuff that we don't really know because we're always cutting it. We never have it long enough to, to know. But um, I've always thought, even our nails, as you said, when, when like when animals walk along the floor, it sharpens, it files their nails, so they yeah. don't have long, long, long nails. And as man climbing trees or whatever, our nails are short. And you see, like these Guinness World Records people where they've got long, 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 massive past the curls nails. I'm and, thinking. Yeah, totally. Did, would everyone have that if we didn't have <laughs> yeah. our nails? Like, what the hell? Like, the nail file only came into play, I don't know, say, 100 years ago or whatever. Yeah, would yeah. everyone be like that? And it's like, no. no. And then there's reasons why, because your body, as you said, it adapts to whether you need it or not. Um, it's interesting to think about when we cut our beard, it does grow more and cut the grass. And it, it's like when you prune back a rose bush, it That's grows right. more. Yeah. Um, I have a um I have a question. Sure. Do you think that for example, you know we're speaking about your body will remember when it's used something, right? If for example we start we, we look at our phones all the time, we're looking down all the time, right? People say that we had a third eye. Obviously we have the penile gland, but there was an actual say an actual eye, right? Mm. Because we're looking down all the time our body's going to adapt. Are we going to somehow grow a third eye where one eye can look down and the other two eyes can look forward? If, for example, we stop using our tailbone because we're not in the jungle anymore, so we don't need three legs to swing. Over time, will we grow a third eye just like we stop growing a tailbone? <laughs> <laughs> the third eye going just straight down and then the other two going up to see where we're actually walking. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because think or about maybe the like, third eye to go to see where we're walking and both of our eyes looking at our phone. Either Which or. way would look weirder? I don't know. <laughs> either or, because look, I was looking at a deer, right? Obviously, deers are on all fours, but I was on a walk the other day and I saw a deer on its two back legs yeah. reaching up to a branch. And that's the first time I'd ever seen it and imagined how an ape um, became a human where it was like, I can't reach that berry. And it reached up and then it just stayed like that. The next part of this podcast will be released very soon. Make sure you have subscribed and notifications are turned on. Stay tuned, everyone.